Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me and destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. Sick like a rain, click and I bang, y'all gon' remember the name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to another episode of Real Talk with Zuby. Now, on today's episode, we've got on Ian Smith, who is the co-founder and co-owner of Attilis Gym in New Jersey. He is a freedom fighter. You've seen him all over social media recently. So welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Fantastic. So I've done a brief intro there, but for people who are not familiar with you, Tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay. Uh, so about 18 months ago, my business partner and I came into the national spotlight because we, uh, we publicly, very publicly reopened our gym against the very oppressive coronavirus uh, lockdown measures here in New Jersey. Um, kind of like right time, right message. Um, you know, we weren't the only people to open, but we received an overwhelming amount of uh, media attention uh, and also government attention for our choice to open up. And we've been in a, a very heated, long and drawn out battle with the state government of New Jersey for going on 17 months now. Um, and in the process, you know, we've uh, we've acquired a platform where we do represent the the ideas and the values of a lot of people, not only in the country, but around the world. So it's kind of grown from. Um, opening up our gym and fighting for the right to work and what we believe was a constitutional battle um, into something much bigger now, um, just more amplified and way bigger and, and more drawn out than we ever thought it would be. Mm. And what was it that made you decide to open? I mean, that, sound, that sounds like a weird question that I shouldn't have to ask because it's your business. Everybody should be allowed to have their things open. But uh, did you stay open? So you didn't stay open throughout. You closed initially and then you reopened. Is that right? Correct. You know, at the beginning, I think Frank and I, um, just like everybody, really did take this seriously. You know, we, we weren't thrilled with the idea of closing down because we were we were aware that that was a very slippery slope. Um, so we were very apprehensive to shut down. But the fact of the matter was, um, with the information that we had, that seemed like our best choice. We didn't have the, um, the information enough to, or the information to be confident enough to stay open and know we were right. We had our doubts from the beginning. Um, so what we did is we just kept going to work um, because we had a lot to do. Frank and I had just bought the gym eight months prior to the COVID shutdowns. Mm -hmm. And we, we bought a project uh, to put it nicely. And, you know, in the eight months that we were in business, we were very successful and we were really turning the place around, but there was a lot to still be done. So Frank and I were still working, upgrading the facility, fixing things. Um, but we started to pay attention to, to two things, the science and the politics surrounding COVID. And very quickly, um, neither one of those really seemed to add up and justify um, anything longer than a 14-day shutdown. And obviously that 14 days turned into a month and a month very quickly approached two. And somewhere between that first and second month, Frank and I had an honest discussion about what we were going to do um, and the factors that came in play as far as opening. I mean, they were personal at the end of the day, Frank and I are two regular business owners. We're not these fancy gym owners who have 12 facilities. You know, um, Frank's a guy, he's 52 years old with five children, uh, has never worked for anybody a day in his life, has been a very successful business person for 26, 27 years in a brick and mortar business that has become increasingly harder to be in business. And, you know, I've been in the fitness industry for 13 years and we put everything on the line to open this business. So it, it was about saving and preserving what, what we had earned. Um, but also there was, there was something much bigger at play. And that was, we were, we were watching the country and the world radically transform overnight. And neither of us felt very comfortable with 
the direction that we seem to be heading at that point. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, Frank has five children. And I, re I remember very specifically him saying to me one day when we were kind of wrapping up our day's work, he said, if I, if I were to die tomorrow, I wouldn't feel comfortable leaving the world as it is right now to my children. He said, I would feel as if I failed them because something's not right about all this. Um, mm. And that was sort of the basis of our decision. We, we were looking at everything going on. Um, and I think everybody knows all of the, the hypocrisy and double standards and, and everything that we were seeing, you know, we're 18 months into it. I think, um, I think especially anybody probably listening um, is well aware of, of the reasons beyond that. And, just wasn't fair. It wasn't right. It didn't feel right in our guts. And we made the decision to open. Um, and uh, we made one promise to each other is that we would see it all the way through no matter what. Um, no matter what came, it wasn't going to be, you know, stick your toes in the water and it's a little chilly and pull out. Um, we were we were jumping head first into what we we weren't sure what was in front of us, but we we had all the faith in the world that our decision was one that we were really comfortable with. Um, and like I said, in our hearts and our minds, it was, it was truly the right thing to do. Mm. And what was the response both from the public and from the so-called authorities? So, um, the public response has been, was, and has been it, it just absolutely incredible. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've gotten our fair share of hatred, uh, which is fine. That kind of comes with the territory. Anytime you step out, um, but we have gotten so much love and support and strength from people, um, not only throughout the, the community around us, but the, uh, the national and the international community. You know, we, um, we sustain ourselves by selling t-shirts and to get, to put that into perspective, you know, we've, we've sold and, and sent out t-shirts to all 50 states hundreds of times over, but we've actually sent them to 18 countries around the world. Um, because people truly identify with what we did. Um, and as time goes on, something that, that really shocks me every day, even though I've been seeing it over and over again, is the fact that 18 months into it, people still support us. And if anything, more people support us and people support us more uh, mm. because it comes, it's become such this battle. Um, and like I said, you know, a little bit of hatred here and there. The hatred uh, typically comes and goes very quickly. Uh, the people that spend time online criticizing uh, typically a very short attention spans and they're outraged by the, <laughs> by the next thing. And just as, just as quick as they're on you, they're, they're right off onto the next thing. So mm. we've had several waves of it, but it, like I said, it, it's not very meaningful and it's not very substantial. And no doubt, man, the, the amount of support that we've gotten, um, has been huge. Now, when it comes to government, um, the only thing that we've ever gotten is punishment. You know, we, we put our plan out there publicly, um, in the hopes um, we didn't have too much hope, but we wanted to do it just to make sure that we could say we did that they would want to come and work with us. Um, and from day one, they've been working against us and 18 months later, they still do. Yeah. And what was the first, uh, what was the first warning or notice or communication you had from them and who did that come from? So on day one, uh, we had several hundred supporters out in the parking lot of our little, um, it's not a little gym, it's 15,000 square feet, but we're in suburbia. It's just a gym and a strip mall. Mm. Um, we had several hundred people out there, every news agency in the country, um, and we had members wrapped around the building, uh, queuing up to come in all day. And uh, about 12 o'clock that first day, which was a Monday, we had um, we had a uh, our first warning shot, which was the Belmar Township Police came. Um, and a guy who is no longer the, uh, the captain, uh, approached the door and the, the crowd got a little rambunctious and we settled them down. And, um, I wish I remembered this guy's name, but he, uh, he, he announced, you know, very sort of dramatically that we were all in violation of a governor's orders. And he took this long pause and he looked at the crowd and he said, on that note, everybody be safe and have a nice day. And he turned around and left. <laughs> um, and that was like... We, um, God, like just, just even speaking about it, it, it was such a, it was such a moment. Um, because, <laughs> well, it, it's funny now because we were like, yeah, we won. And then like yeah, yeah. <laughs> 15 minutes later, governor Murphy caught wind of it, um, and directed the attorney general to call the Camden County prosecutor, uh, Camden County prosecutor called the Belmar police department and said, if you do not get in there and handle the situation, 
Uh, the entire department will be furloughed for 60 days without pay and we'll bring the sheriffs in. So uh, second lieutenant stepped up, um, who is now the captain. He's he's not our favorite and we're not his favorite, but he wrote us our, our first of about 80 municipal citations that first day. Okay. And it has escalated uh, increasingly ever since. Okay. So at this point in the game, are you... I mean, I don't know the, what the situation is in New Jersey. So did you stay open throughout the... When when was it that you reopened? Uh, May 18th, which was May two, months 18th. Of the, two months to the day of when they told us to shut down in March. Okay. So you've been open from that time all the way up until now? Is that right? Yes. With the exclusion of two short periods, uh, after the first week, first week escalated, day one, they gave us some citations. Day two, the crowds were still there. Uh, everybody was still there and um, they started citing our members. So they were giving tickets to our members. Uh, day three, they arrested one of our members um, and then they were pulling people over as they drove to their house and citing them. Um, day four, we got a health department shut down. Nobody ever stepped foot inside the building. Um, we pretty much just ignored it because it basically said you're shut down because coronavirus. Mm hmm. And then on that Friday, uh, a judge named Robert Lugie, who has uh, been sort of heavily involved in the case all the way through in New Jersey, we have appointed judges. And this judge just so happened to be up for tenure this year. Uh, so whether or not he actually agreed with what he was doing, he has steamrolled us all the way through. Um, and he put a court order to close um, and they came and locked our doors in the middle of the night. Uh, okay. They came, came to the locksmith and changed our locks. And at that point, um, one week into it, we said, okay, you know, we, uh, we, we made our statement. We made our, we, we did our protest and now we're going to turn things over to the judicial system. We're going to sue the state. Um, and, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let the, the checks and balances of the American system work as if they should, um, that never happened. And we sued the state federally, um, a federal judge throughout the case because we had existing charges within the state. Uh, basically, a, an easy way out not to hear the case until those are resolved, uh, knowing full well that they would take up to a year, if not longer. Mm -hmm. um, so at that point, we said, OK, you know, we're, we're done playing games um, and we picked locks and we went back inside um, for a little while there. You know, it was because it was, you know, our goal was to be open um, and yeah. we were we were trying to let the system work as if it should. Um, however. It um, these days it just it, it doesn't work the way it should. You know what we've been mm -hmm. taught about our governing bodies is very dated because they've grown um, and they've adopted new powers. And the way that they operate is just um, it's not really fair. Um, yeah. But we we wanted to give it a shot anyway, um, and that was it. And then it just it just continued to escalate from there. From that point forward, we have been open ever since. Um, okay. With the exception of the, the the day that they arrested us, we were um, we took about two days off, and then we came back, and that's when they barricaded our doors, uh, and we came back about two <laughs> days later, and we wound up kicking them in um, very dramatically. <laughs> we we did like the three hundred kick to the door, which we did on purpose because we we wanted. <laughs> We wanted to show the absurdity of all of it. You know, it's yes. the, the reason we were so public was we had a feeling we were going to get into it with the government. Um, and as they escalated, we were OK with sort of taking those punches so long as we could show the world what these people were truly capable of when you disagree with them. And, and when you sort of mm -hmm. you give them that black eye and you resist, we, we wanted to, to show how far that they would go to ensure your compliance. So. Um, you know, when they decided that they were going to board our doors up, uh, we decided that we would kick them down and, and just sort of throw a, a middle finger back at them and, and, you know, volley the ball back into their court. And it's been a process of that ever since. And the ball just keeps getting volleyed back harder in both directions because it just continues mm -hmm. to escalate. So at this point, are you, I mean, I'm assuming at this point in the game, you're legally allowed to be open. I don't know the situation in New Jersey, but you're not still in any type of lockdown over there, are you? Uh, we're not in any type of lockdown. However, in August of last year, they, uh, they revoked our business license. So okay. we have been operating without a business license um, for over a year now. 
Um, in the process of getting that back, we actually had our arguments heard in court this Tuesday. The courts move exceptionally slow when they want to. Um, so that's just the process of waiting it out. Um, in the meantime, we operate by saying that we don't charge our members, which we don't. We've run entirely okay. off of donations the entire time we've been open um, since March or excuse me, since, since May. And we continue mm. to do so. Um, and that's our way of sort of being open. We're, we're essentially a rec center uh, with a clothing store inside and an apparel store, or excuse me, a, a nutrition store. And it works. Um, we're able to pay our bills, you know, just barely, but we, we can pay the bills um, and we can pay our lawyer fees. And that's really, that's as, uh, as much as we need until mm -hmm. the fight is over. You know, it'd be, it'd be a lot nicer if it was different, but when you, when you take up this fight, you kind of have to deal with the consequences as they come, mm -hmm. no matter how unfair they may be. Absolutely. So when you got into this, when you made that decision, did you, did you fathom that it was going to be this long and this drawn out, this whole situation? Or did you think, okay, surely by summer or by the end of the year, 2020 or something, this is going to wind down? Did you foresee it going as far as it's gone? I mean, we're now 19 months, pretty much. We're now I think, yeah. approaching 20 months into this whole situation. I mean, every place is different. I mean, you've got places which are just wide open and 100% normal. I myself have been traveling through the states for the past two months, and the discrepancies between the different cities and different states is it's pretty mind blowing. Uh, the discrepancy between different places it's very much it, it's so odd. It's so odd, and it makes it so clear how political it is, especially in the U.S. Because you'd have you know red states and blue states, and the vibe, the rules, the way people are behaving, everything is totally different. It's really, really different, and it's very strange when you see that and experience that firsthand. So did you see it going this far? No, not, not at all. Honestly. Um, you know, we didn't, we knew something was wrong. Um, just something, something didn't feel right about all of it from the beginning. Um, we didn't realize how wrong it would become. And, and, you know, it, it, it was just about lockdowns and now it's, it's morphed into this, um, much bigger, fight where lockdowns were just a part of uh, what I believe to be a truly evil plan mm. um, to sort of subvert um, just autonomy on a lot of levels. The, the idea of individual freedom, um, I think, is, is heavily under attack. And I think that the lockdowns were just just sort of the intro to it. You know, it's, it's continued to evolve. And um, it, it's more of what I would say is a, just an all out assault on the middle class. And I, mm -hmm. I definitely didn't see that as what it was in the beginning. So absolutely didn't picture it going as far. Um, but that being said, I'm also not surprised either. Yeah. Because we were, we were very apprehensive about that 14 day shutdown. Um, mm -hmm. because we realized that, you know, this is kind of how government in the past has worked when it, when it comes to, overreach um they typically ask for a little bit first and see how much you'll give up um and then the rest of that you know typically comes and we've seen that over and over again in history especially even in modern history mm -hmm. uh it's happened time and time again and it's happened all over the world um in, in so many cases that it's 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 kind of sad that we didn't see it coming in the way that we did yeah and what's been the what's the most common negative feedback that you get from uh, from the public, especially at that early stage, because I mean, back in May 2020, I mean, still a lot of people are on super duper high alert. But certainly back then, the atmosphere in terms of fear of the actual virus itself and the allegiance to all the rules and restrictions and lockdowns, it was even stronger then. So what yes. was the response there? Of course, you had people who were lining up to visit and to train and to support you. But I'm sure there must have been a strong opposite side to that as well. There was. And, and um, initially it was much stronger um, and much more, I guess, dedicated to to voicing their opinion. Um, with each sort of uh, wave that came, it sort of lessened with intensity and lessened with intensity, I think. You know, in the beginning, and I don't, I, I don't blame people for being, you know, scared, uh, mm -hmm. especially within those first six months. 
you know, when you, when you force people into their homes and you feed them absolutely nothing other than, than fear and, and just mania, um, you know, it's, it's natural for people to respond like that because I really do think that most people have a good heart and Mm -hmm. most people just want to make sure that they're okay and, and that people around them are okay. So I don't, I don't fault that, that initial anger. Uh, we knew we were going to face that. Yeah. That being said, um, you know, we, we did take this very seriously. You know, my business partner, Frank lost his mother to COVID on the second day that we reopened. Mm-hmm. Um, she went into the hospital on an, un, uh, an unrelated issue, COVID negative, um, and contracted COVID in the hospital and, and passed away from it. Um, and it was mm-hmm. something that we understood that this was, um, you know, this is something that we were going to take a lot of heat for. So we tried to be really understanding with people and, Frank actually, um, Frank is the far smarter of the two of us, especially when it comes to science and the body. You know, most of what I know about the virus comes from uh, digesting the information that he gives me. Um, so Frank has always uh, crossed his T's and, and dotted his eyes, and we really did understand the virus um, as best we could as as regular people, not um, you know, not scientists in a lab, but. We, uh, we tried to talk and we tried to reason and we tried to, uh, when people came at us with anger, you know, I'm sure there were certainly times where people got under our skin and we probably snapped back, but we tried our best to, um, to speak to these people and to say, Hey, listen, why don't you come into the gym, um, and really see what we're about? Like, don't, if, if you're local, don't rely on, you know, don't rely on the news to tell you what we're doing here. Like come here and check it out and talk to us. And, you know, if you still really feel that way afterwards and and we totally understand and we still respect that opinion but you know don't don't be so quick to to fall into the trap that um that they want you to where it's just an emotional response uh to something that you're 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 basically being told to be um to respond to these things so we we really Mm -hmm. try to communicate with people and and in a lot of cases we had long meaningful sessions with people and sometimes we would agree sometimes we would disagree but um we try to keep that dialogue open as much as possible because when you, when you don't, um, the situation doesn't improve. Those feelings, you know, typically only get worse for the people that um, that feel that way, and that's that's not really what it's about. It's about conflict resolution, and you know, we we, we did what we did because we thought it was the best move for the community as a whole um, to provide a, a blueprint for businesses and churches and schools to be able to operate safely. Mm-hmm. Um, while at the same time protecting, uh, the interests of people who have put a lot on the line and, and protecting the interests of the middle class. Yeah. Out of interest in New Jersey, as a business owner, did the government and the authorities, did they offer you any subsist- subsistence through this? Was there any sort of scheme to help keep businesses afloat during these shutdowns or were you just left on your own? How did they manage that? You know, uh, Congress, uh, you know, our, our elected leaders, Congress here in the States, uh, talked to the game and, you know, during the shutdown, they said, oh, you know, don't worry, we'll have you back, we'll have stimulus checks, we'll have money for businesses. Um, but pretty much par for the course when it comes to political promises, uh, the money that was offered in most cases came up laughably short, if at all. Uh, you know, there was a there's a member of our gym. He owned a, uh, a tuxedo business, like tuxedo rental, stuff like that. And, you know, he had payroll to make and all these things. And, he, you know, he signed up for the program. He actually got approved uh, and he got a check several months later for nine hundred and sixteen dollars. Um, you know, and it, it's like it's <laughs> it's almost like, you know, what? Why didn't why didn't you just keep it? You know, because yeah. he's got a full staff of several people um, and, and that's not going to go very far. Um, at Attilus, we did apply. Um, we were told that we were not eligible because we had not been in business for a full calendar year. Uh, mm. even though we filed our 2019 taxes and, and we filed for our fiscal year and all that stuff, uh, we were told, sorry. Um, and then we were directed to four or five different programs. And by the time we got to one that would accept us, they said, there's no more funding available. Please wait until the next round. Um, and at that point it was like, you know what, I'm not even going to bother like chasing this down anymore because Mm -hmm. we were hearing all sorts of things from business owners, like the, like the gentleman who owns the suit place and other places that, um, 
there was a lot of fine print with with these loans and these you know these things so we uh that was kind of one of the the decisions for us to open is you know you guys said that we were going to be okay and you said you're gonna have Mm -hmm. our backs and all you've done is play politics and you've left us you know sort of out to dry yeah man it's such a it's such a crazy situation it's weird having these i mean what's really cool about it (laughs) to to look at the positive side is amongst this great sleepening that's taken place across the world and all of these encroaching of authoritarianism and government overreach and tyranny and so on is for people who do stand by their principles of freedom and of liberty and strength and courage it's given an opportunity for them to really shine right the fact that we have come across each other and you've built your platform the way you have and you now have people outside of i mean you're in new jersey but there will be people literally in different cities, different countries, wearing your merchandise, supporting what you're doing, supporting you in the real world on social media. And all these minds, all these freedom-oriented people I'm seeing are connecting with each other. I'm seeing all these people connecting all these different countries, different cities, different states. And I don't know exactly where that leads, but I think that there's something quite powerful in that. It seems like people who are dare I say, higher consciousness individuals, people who are more critical thinking, certainly people who are more liberty oriented, who aren't just going along with all the narratives and, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, exactly what the authorities are saying, even if it makes no sense. All these people are finding each other and they're connecting and they're supporting each other. And I think maybe in the long run, I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I think that uh, I think in the long run, something good is going to come of that. No, I, I agree. I agree. I think this is, I think we're, we're at a time in humanity. Um, you could call it a, a critical point um, where things are changing really quickly. Um, the world has changed really quickly and there's a lot going on. And I, I think that there's, there's truly a battle to be had. Um, and I think because of that, when, when you have these times when there's uh, chaos, you know, whatever, whatever you want to, phrase it it does it does wake a lot of people up and you've seen that you've seen a lot of people which i believe was probably our biggest mistake leading into this the average person just tuned out of politics for a very long time Mm. uh for one reason or another it wasn't interesting or you know we were busy we were all busy living life um you know when, when it doesn't affect you in the ways that it does now it's very easy to tune it out and I think a lot of people did that, myself included. You know, I was mm-hmm. just, all right, I'll, I'll vote for so-and-so. Or a lot of times I wouldn't even vote. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, people didn't know who their mayors were. People didn't know who was on their school board. Mm. So I think that's something that, that um, in addition to what you said, where people are now connecting. Um, and as a result of that awakening, people are connecting. They're seeking out um, people that they can identify with and people that they that, that they feel safe around and, people that they feel bring value to their life. Um, and you're, you're seeing all these new connections, uh, whether that be people who have big platforms and influence, um, or even just, just regular, you know, regular people in, in connecting within communities and, and making a difference at the local level. I think it's an awesome thing. I think it needs to continue. Um, and I think we will see that because there are enough people, um, I think awake at this point, that it's it's hard to stop Mm. uh it's just a matter of you know where does all that energy go and and where do we take it and who's who's taking us there you know what i mean because that that, there's a lot of questions that arise from from these new movements is you know what is what is our ultimate goal you know we're we're all freedom oriented or liberty oriented you know but what does that mean for our society as a whole you know what Mm -hmm. is how do we how do we turn that into something meaningful other than just how we feel? You know, how do we bring that into our into our political worlds, um, yes. be that in the United States and elsewhere? Because what you're seeing in the United States is mirrored in every other country in some form or another. We're all dealing with it uh, and we're all dealing with with forms of out of control government. And I think people mm-hmm. are just really starting to realize, um, you know, maybe we maybe we're asleep at the wheel for a little bit. Um, because it, it was almost like a, like a light switch was flipped. 
and mm. the world was changed. But the reality is, is I think the world has been changing very quietly and very slowly for quite a while. Um, yeah. And now we're just feeling it. Mm. Have you been surprised by how easily Westerners in general, but perhaps for you specifically being an American, have you been shocked by how easily and quickly and willingly people have given up their freedoms and liberties? Absolutely. That was, I think that was the most alarming thing off the bat. Mm. You know, myself, um, speaking for myself, I've always been somebody who has questioned and challenged uh, authority. You know, from a, from a young age, I was um, not the most well-behaved kid. Um, and uh, as I got older, you know, I just I tended to question things. And, you know, I'm, I, don't, I don't follow every rule in the book. Um, but now it's, it, it's, it was very alarming when they said, shut down, don't leave your house, uh, don't go to school, don't do this. And everybody, um, mm. myself included, you know, I, um, said, okay, you know, we mm. was like, all right, we'll, we'll just, we'll just wait for you to, to tell us when we can do stuff again, government. Mm. Um, you know, and that's, that was, that was one of the things that scared us was, you know, they, they just said, hey, people are dying. Uh, there's this thing that you can't see or that you can't touch. And mm. um, you're going to have to surrender every right that you have in order to be safe. Um, that's really shocking. But I think that comes with as a byproduct of a softening of society over the mm -hmm. over the past years. You know, people people who live a harder life tend to understand the value of freedom more mm -hmm. than uh, people who live a very comfortable life. And, and we've all, you know, living in, living in, you know, most countries uh, around the world, what, be it Europe, be it, uh, you know, America or whatever, we, uh, we've, we've got a little soft, you know, life is yep. very easy. So you tend, you tend to forget how valuable your freedom is, you know, until it gets stripped away. And for us, that was a, that was a big awakening um, mm -hmm. for, for me personally, you know, and it, it's made me as an individual get a little tougher um, yes. and, and focus on being a little bit more of a rugged individualist and somebody who doesn't rely on, on, especially on government to make sure that you're okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we, we've put a lot of faith into a system that has, that is proving to be very vulnerable at best. Uh, and I think broken at, at mm -hmm. worst. Yeah. I mean, something that's been so fascinating about this whole time is that, you know, supposedly, I obviously don't believe this and, and honestly didn't from the beginning, you know, supposedly this is uh, about health, right? And health is being spoken about in a very perverse way, right? We are guys who have been into health and been into fitness for way before it was cool, way before it was trendy. And on a holistic level, right? Now health just means getting a needle in your arm and wearing a mask, right? It doesn't mean being in shape. It doesn't mean maintaining a healthy body weight. It doesn't mean uh, being fit in terms of your muscles, your cardiovascular system, your internal organs, your lifestyle, your diet, your nutrition, getting enough sunlight, getting enough uh, vitamins and minerals, all of that stuff. The... It's it's been mind blowing how to this day I mean nineteen months in, the messaging still ignores that. I mean in the USA almost eighty percent of the people I believe hospitalized were overweight yes. or obese, right? And it's like you're not even supposed to say that. You're not supposed to talk about it. You're not meant to mention it. There's been very they little talk it as of offensive. Yeah, you know, it's if you been say that you get blowback for saying that yeah you're fat. When, when in reality, you know, as, especially if you're, you're speaking from a, a public health or an individual perspective, telling somebody that they're overweight is coming from a place of caring and from love because mm -hmm. it's very, very clear. The science, as everybody loves to talk about following the science, mm -hmm. the science is unequivocally uh, pointing that if you are overweight, you are contributing to uh, a multitude of factors that may live that may, you know, end up with you living a shorter life. Mm -hmm. Um, and public, you know, just like, just like anything government tends to put its hands on, um, it's never, it's never done well. It's never done right. You know, look, <laughs> look at what's happened to the public education system here in New Jersey or not in New Jersey, in the United States. I mean, our public mm -hmm. education system is, is quickly becoming 
laughable and, and for years has been deteriorating. Um, you know, and, and it just, that's very symptomatic of, of government touching anything. And they come in and they say, okay, we're going to get you healthy. Uh, but they don't talk about any of the, the long list of things that you gave, all of which are relatively simple. Yes. I mean, it doesn't take, it does not take a, uh, you don't have to have some advanced degree in, in health sciences or anything like that to understand some really, really basic principles. You know, everything that you mentioned is uh, something that everybody can do. There's no restrictions on going outside and going for a walk every day. Well, I guess, I guess, oh, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> if you live in Australia, I guess there is, um, yeah. you know, but these type of things and, I keep tying this in, you know, the more, the more I, I talk about this with people, I keep tying this into this idea of individual responsibility. Um, and especially America was, was once a country that touted the idea of individual responsibility. Um, you know, for, for one reason or another, people came here um, and they came here with the idea that they were going to work hard and they were going to make it and they were in control of their destiny and pretty much all things um, around their destiny, their health, their wealth, you know, you name it. Um, and we're, we're quickly becoming the society that isn't that, that doesn't want to be responsible for their own or, or we have a large portion of people who don't want to be responsible for their own basic caretaking. You know, people don't want to pay for their education anymore. They think that should be everything's supposed to be free. Everything's supposed to be given to you. Um, but if we if we start to reel that back and start to take accountability for our life and all aspects of it, uh, our health, our financial health, all these things, um, you would see that government becomes quite unnecessary, or at least the size of our government becomes quite unnecessary. So I think that they play to this idea um, that they they want you to they want you to look to them for answers instead of finding the ones that are very clear in front of you. And that just may require a little bit of hard work for yourself, you know, which is why you see people flocking um, to obey government uh, mm -hmm. with these very silly um, standards of health. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it's just, it, you see people walking around and they're, 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 they're very proud that they, they got this medical procedure and that's fine. Absolutely. But um, if you, if you were to, put sit them down in a doctor's office and, and go through their blood work and stuff like that, you know, there would probably be some work that they need to do. Um, yes. And it's, it's not going to come in the form of a pill or any type of medication that comes from big pharma. And we need no. to, we need to drop that, that idea as soon as possible because health is about preventing illness and being able mm -hmm. to handle illness in a way that your body was designed to, whether you believe in God or whether you believe in science or some combination of the two, you are a, a beautifully and elegant, excuse me, elegantly designed biological machine. Mm -hmm. Everything in your body has a purpose. And if you treat your body well, um, and if you, if you give it the things that it needs and you stay away from the things that harm it, you know, your body is an incredible, incredible machine that is just capable of some of the most just mind-blowing things. I mean, we can heal and we can grow and we can do all these things. Um, and we've been so disconnected from that simple truth that we've lost, you know, there, there are people who have completely lost faith in their natural immune system um, and, and want to just basically do like a subscription plan for their health. For their <laughs> life. It's, it's incredible. It's wild, man. The immune system is a far-right conspiracy theory now. If you even talk about it, then <laughs> it's really strange. It's it's so odd on so many levels. I mean, honestly, every day, like, because I have been talking about this for such a long time that I myself am a little bit bored of some aspects of it. And I would love to yeah. move away from it. But it's like, man, this battle is not over. You know, the battle just keeps going on and raging on. I mean, if we lived in a remotely sane society and our countries and states and cities were run by remotely sane people who actually cared, like truly, not not just pretending to, but like could think holistically and do what's just right by the people. I mean, at this stage in the game, I'm just like, how is this still going on? I mean, I'm, I'm in L.A. right now. And, you know, I'd say, you know, 
40, I'd say 40 to 50% of people are walking around in masks outside. Which is right? Which, which, which never made sense to begin with. No. Right? Like science, that, wh- science is super clear that that's, that, that that's was never, that's like, no, that was never a thing, right? I mean, going to the gym, they, they want you wearing a mask during training, even doing squats, doing deadlifts. They want you wearing, even if you're the only person in the gym, like, it, it, it's just, it's so odd. I'm just like, guys, what are you? I, I, I don't know how, I mean, I'm kind of reaching the stage. I'm getting a little bit, um, I'm, I'm starting to just think that, you know what, like, if you don't get it by now, maybe, may maybe, not, may you know, like, you know, I can't, and that's kind of sad, but you know, as long as you stay out of my business, that's fine. You know, if someone wants to wear three masks outdoors for the rest of their life, I support their right to do so. If they want to take a booster shot every two days, I support their right to do so. But the problem is that this is a one way issue where you've had one group of people trying to force behavior and force compliance upon others right if i've said from the very beginning look if you want to stay at home close your business do this do that wear your mask whatever you feel you need to do god bless you right like that's your right right. you're welcome to my problem all the time and i think yours as well it's been the it's been the force it's been the use of the state force the use of the authoritarianism the coercion the threats the harassment all of that stuff again supposedly in the name of uh you know people caring so much about you that <laughs> caring so much about you that they're trying to force all this violent. on you. Yeah, it's it's so odd to me. I just don't get I mean, on one level I understand it because I do understand human psychology and mass psychosis and how these things can sort of happen, but it's another thing to be living in it. It's another thing to be living in it. It, it would even be understandable if at least, you know, maybe if we were dealing with, you know, a virus with a I don't know, 10%, 20%, even 5% you know, death rate in the general population, then I'd be at least like, mm, okay, you know what I mean? Like, fair fair enough. Maybe I don't Which agree is with what these I policies, we, but... We all thought it was in the beginning. You know what I mean? If you remember correctly, they were, you know, they were showing clips of people literally dropping dead in the streets uh, mm. in, in China and stuff like that. But you're right. You know, it's the... I get sick of hearing myself talk about it. You know, I'm, I'm a... I'm a <laughs> I'm a fitness professional. I, yeah. I love, I love fitness. I'm a strength coach. You know, that that's my primary thing. I, mm-hmm. I would love to just get back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and just shut up about COVID. Um, mm-hmm. however, you, you know, as you pointed out, you have one side and primarily, obviously, you know, not everybody's this way, but primarily you have one side who just wants to be left alone. Yep. Um, and the only reason they are in the fight is because the fight is being brought to them. Yes. You know, I, the only reason that Frank and I opened our gym is because somebody told us we had to close it. Exactly. Um, you know, and somebody forced us and threatened us with a $50,000 fine to close it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this, But then you have this other side who's in this fight. And again, not all of them. You know, there are some people who just wanted to, um, to wear a mask and still continue to wear a mask. And that's their own personal choice. And mm-hmm. they don't, care if you do or not yeah, but an yeah. overwhelming an overwhelming majority of that side feels entitled to tell you what you need to do um and then shame you for it punish you for it um uh, ridicule you for it for not agreeing with them um yes. and if if it made any sense which it doesn't the things that they're doing um should be enough for themselves yes you know, like it's you know if <laughs> If the mask is so effective, you mm-hmm. should wear. And, and again, these are all arguments like, you know, we these have been recycled in memes for 18 months now. <laughs> yeah. um, um, you know, I'm not, it's not any breaking thought here. But, yeah. you know, the reality is, is that that's, that's the, I think the beauty of what has happened is they have tied up the people um, with this battle within each other while the politicians and the elite and the big corporations are just profiting at record rates and they're yes. just expanding their powers. And you have the, you know, the people arguing over vaccines and masks and lockdowns um, and they're fighting each other. And uh, one side realizes how bad they're being screwed, but can't mm-hmm. focus 
on the problem. And then the other side doesn't realize how bad they're being screwed and feels like they're problem. They're, they're part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've just got this interesting dynamic where people are just, just at each other. Um, yes. you know, like I said, while, while Amazon and Walmart and all these other companies in the world are just racking in profits and politicians are cozying up and, and, you know, nestling into their career, uh, spots and expanding their power, yeah, having their, having their maskless parties, having their, yeah. And they're, they're just, I mean, they are, they're <laughs> flourishing. They're having <laughs> parties and it, if, if, if you can't take a second, no matter what side you're on, if you can't take a second yeah. and, and step back from, from the, uh, the emotion of, of the, the fight on the ground floor and, and step back and kind of look at what's happening to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's, I think that's something that we all need to take a look at and maybe, maybe the, um, the emotion of it will die down a little bit and people will start yeah. to see a little more clearly what, what we all need to be focusing our attention on. Because mm-hmm. you can still care about health and you can still support uh, your right to have a vaccine or whatever it is. And um, realize that the guy not wearing the mask and the guy who doesn't want to take the vaccine is not the problem. Yes. That it's, it's the problem is government uh, adopting this this notion that um, they can rule by decree and all these things that we've seen where they can use police uh, to sort of enforce basically whatever they say and. You know, you have situations down in Australia that are uh, becoming very alarming very quickly with the way that the government is talking, even even the way that they're talking to people. Mm. You know, there's, it is it's it, the, the the rhetoric that they use is incredibly threatening. Um, and, uh, you know, that's I think that's the biggest thing that that people need to focus on is stepping back, stepping back from the the uh, the Twitter matches. Uh, and really getting down and starting to to hold um, hold politicians accountable um, mm. and make some make some sense of this this just mess. Absolutely, you know I feel like people should be absolutely angry. People should be absolutely outraged, but that outrage and anger is flying in the wrong direction. It and is. I think that's just... uh, you know the powers that be, people in the in politics, people in mainstream media, they've spun this mar- narrative right. So. As I literally predicted that they would do, they've framed the battle, uh, you know, the unvaccinated are now the scapegoats. So for all their blundering and their malice and their idiocy and all the nonsense that they've been doing over the past 18 months plus, they're now trying to pin the blame on people who won't just 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 take the needle. Right. And the I don't like calling people sheep or NPCs, but that's literally how they're behaving. They just get that software update. And they just run with that, right? They start using the same lines. They start blaming the same people. And I'm just like, dude, I understand that, you know, this is a a high tension emotional thing. And actually, yeah, everybody should be mad at what's been done to people over the past 18 months. And I'm not talking about a virus here. Like people should be angry with the way the responses happen. All the people who have been, you know, left to die without treatment, elderly people forced into nursing homes. Businesses forced into permanent closures, people forced into homelessness and poverty. All of this stuff didn't happen because of COVID. It happened because of the government policies. It really, really annoys me when people blame things on COVID, which the government did, right? You're not unemployed because of COVID. That business, that restaurant didn't shut because of COVID. This didn't happen. That didn't happen because of COVID. It happened because of the response. And in many cases, it was predictable and it was called from early and the people who called it from early were dismissed as selfish, grandma killers, conspiracy theorists, evil people, all of that. And that's what makes it so frustrating because I'm not here. I don't want to battle. You know, if I want to battle someone, like I'm, I'm down to, you know, we should, we, should, we should be battling and taking issue with the people who are because, look, we're not supposed to be the UK, the USA, Canada. Australia, New Zealand, Western Europe. These countries are not supposed to be dictatorships. What is going on now in certain places? What's the difference between it and a dictatorship? Honestly, like I know people don't like to dictators sort of dictators are just honest. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like it's it's just a dictatorship. Like if someone can just come out and stand on a podium and say, "Okay, uh everyone who does all right, you know, the, the New York governor the other day. All right, everyone in healthcare in New York who who doesn't take the doesn't take the vaccine, right? Where you're fired, 
right? Like yeah. no one should have that power. Like who? No. I'm sorry. Like who? Who made you that authority? Like it's so bizarre to me. I think that's one of the weird things about humanity is you can kind of give somebody just a you can kind of just give someone a title, and all of a sudden they're like you know no matter this how person sure. is now a date. Yeah, it shouldn't you know, be I, like that. I had uh, a similar chat the other day, um, and and what we what we missed, I think, was the. Um, at least here in America, you know, I, I, I haven't paid attention to international politics, but in America, we, we've normalized this idea of executive order, which is this like mm. rule by decree. Um, you know, and that's been happening a long time and it's not a, it's not a blue thing. It's not a red thing. Uh, you know, George Bush really kind of kicked it off with the invasion of Iraq. You know, that was by executive order, you know, mm. which totally circumvented the entire process of declaring a war and making sure the people were behind it. You know, even then at that time, he, he probably could have, you know, rallied the American people behind the Iraq war and, and our legislature like he mm -hmm. was supposed to. But he just said, we're going to war. Um, and ever since then, it, it's been happening more and more and more, you know, and what's funny is sometimes we applaud it, um, this idea of, you know, executive orders like when, when Trump was in office. You know, people were like applauding that he was using executive orders to build the wall um, mm. because they were like, yeah, we want the wall built, you know. But when that pendulum swings back the other way and those orders are happening and, and, and enforcing something that you don't agree with, then all of a sudden you have an issue with it. And it's like you have to be you have to you have to be consistent in politics. Mm -hmm. um, you can't you can't, you know, cheer things on when it works out in your favor uh, and then be upset when. You know, it's, you know, the, the, the coin flips, um, but but it's been normalized and you see it all the time now where these these people get elected governor or mayor or whatever it is. And instead of going through the process to to make things legitimate, they just declare an emergency and write an emergency order. And then nobody seems to question it. Like, you know, it's just it's just some guy or some girl up at a podium mm -hmm. uh, with a title just saying stuff, most of which is not true. You yeah. know, you, 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 I've, I've been watching some of these press conferences in Australia and they're just getting up there saying like, well, life is never going to go back to normal uh, because COVID, <laughs> so um, you know, so like, we don't know what to tell you, but like, you guys are just going to listen to everything we say. Yeah. And, you know, you look at like the death statistics and it's like, you know, these huge areas are having like four deaths per day it's, and it's, like, <laughs> it's so weird man. <laughs> like it's, it's just, so weird but it's it's become normalized where yeah. people are just like all right well i mean it's an executive order what do you want me to do my hands are tied and it's like don't listen you know the thing uh, is the thing is so many people there this is even in australia which is like the worst western country for all of this right millions of them support it that's the thing that breaks my heart what 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 disturbs me is less the government being the government, I expect the government to be authoritarian and to overstep their boundaries and politicians to get power hungry and want to be a little. I expect that. I know history. I'm familiar with, with what goes on around the world. I expect that. I don't like it, but I'm like, yo, that's a big reason why I'm mostly libertarian, because, you know, I know I just know the reality of it. But the to see millions of people cheering it on to see. Police attacking, assaulting protesters in Australia, shooting them with rubber bullets, curb stomping them, punching them, body slamming them. Choking and all of it. to see the response and people are saying, oh, well, they shouldn't be out protesting or, oh, well, those people are putting others at risk. That's when I'm just like, man, you're gone. Like, <laughs> that's what that's what I just it's have scary. to put my hands up. And I'm like, man, that is that's that scares me. That chills me to the core. And in Australia, you can't even leave the country, right? You know, if New Jersey or New York or California or wherever you live, this one yeah. huge advantage Americans have that honestly they don't appreciate is that you have 50 different options <laughs> within the same go. country. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you I know. heard you reference that on the on the Tucker Carlson Today Show. Yeah. I, I thought it was an excellent point. And it was something that, you know, um, it was like one of those things where like, I, you, you know it, but when somebody says it, you're like, man, that's. Cause it's true. You know, a mm. lot of countries around the world, you don't have that same Liberty to, 
be like, all right, well, I'm going to Texas. You, know, yeah. <laughs> you can't. You're just you're just there in Australia's position. You literally cannot leave the country. You can't leave. You can't go out. It's I mean, that's a that's a North Korea situation. They had that in the UK for a little while. And for me, that was um, I was like, as soon as that opens, I was like, I'm gone. You know, I don't feel like I can live in the UK again now. Right. Which, you know, is kind of bittersweet. I mean, I, I think I was going to end up leaving eventually anyway, but I didn't want it to be like this. All right. I mean, yeah, on your own. How, how? No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I've been in all the, you know, in the few decades I've been alive, the notion that the UK in the UK, they'd make it. I don't care the reason. Right. Like they'd make it illegal for you to leave your house or to see your family or to leave the country or to go on vacation. Right. Like how? What? That just it just blew my mind so much. And then, like I said, to see people, you know, there was a resistance. There was there was some resistance, but the resistance wasn't a majority. The majority of people no. were like, yeah, this is good. In fact, I still to this day see people saying, you know, both in the UK and the USA, people are like, hey, like we need to be look at what Australia is doing. We need to do that. Right. I'm scared of these people in their freedom. Like, uh, And you're seeing, oh, man, it's it's. When you're seeing people who, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger with his screw, screw your freedom, Joe Biden coming out saying this isn't about freedom. This isn't about personal. Tr-. I'm like, yo, yes, it is. <laughs> this is supposed to be the United States of America. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm a foreigner. And I'm like, I'm, I'm my heart is breaking. I'm like, yo, what is what is going on to have the president of the USA say that this is not about freedom? This is not about personal choice. I'm just like, man, this is uh this is gnarly, and it's also gnarly because you know darn well if Trump did that and if Trump said it and did some of these things, oh lord, we know what the response would have been, right? Day. You know, it's they would have had a field day. Yeah, and it's suddenly like, oh well, it's a guy we like doing it, or it's a guy I voted for, so suddenly it's suddenly it's okay. Um, it's very odd. It's 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 sad. I I don't know. Where do you think this goes, man? Where do you think it goes? I think that it's probably going to get a little weirder before it gets any better. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, if I try to put myself in the perspective of these individuals and I, I don't claim to, to know it all, but I, I think I have a pretty good read on who's in charge. Um, mm-hmm. And I think at the very, very least, we have a lot of people um, in politics, in in very powerful positions in business and in other powerful positions around the world. Um, and it's by no means all, but I think that there's a lot of those people who at the very, very best are extremely selfish individuals mm-hmm. um, who are only out to improve their situation and, and don't care what happens to others uh, in, in that climb to the top. And I think uh, in, a, in a worst case scenario, I think that some of these people are, are downright evil. Um, yes. And I think that they're that they're truly bad people. And I think that there's probably a spectrum um, of of, you know, where where everybody lies you know, when it when it comes to this lockdown madness. And um, that being said, um, I, I really do see a good ending to all of this. I just think it's one of those things where the only way out of it is through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I was one of those people, if I was one of those selfish individuals or one of those, um, you know, m- individuals with, with bad intent and, and I saw people waking up and I saw this resistance growing and I saw the, the apprehension for people to, to sort of get in line for medical tyranny, um, I would pull out all the stops to make sure that what I wanted to go through would go through. Um, so I, I do think that things will probably get a little crazier before they get better. Um, I don't think that we've seen the end of it at all here in uh, the United States. And if you if you pay attention to the news cycle, you know, they're constantly ramping up like the next thing to be afraid of. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it, it they don't seem like they're going to let off the gas anytime. I think it, it'll continue to evolve and they'll they'll bounce between covid variants and whatever uh emergency they need to but they've mm-hmm. they, they've gotten this taste of uh a lot more control than they're used to and i i just don't think that they're going to relinquish it very easily um but i do think that there is a growing uh and very powerful resistance and um you know i um 
a really smart guy a long time ago told me something. Uh, you know, I, I did six years in prison. And he was a guy who had done quite a bit of time. Um, and admittedly, in the beginning of it, I, I was trying to figure out how to navigate it. Uh, and I was worried. I, I had expressed to him, um, you know, I'm like, I just want to go home, man. Like, I just, I, I just got to stay out of the way. You know, I just, you know, I got to keep my head down. And I said, a lot of these guys have nothing to lose, man. Like, they're dangerous. And he said to me, he said, he's, and he's a little older than me. He said, he said, you know, he said, you think that. He said, but a guy that has nothing to lose has nothing to fight for. He said, a guy that has everything to lose um, is almost guaranteed to win if he realizes what he has. Mm. And I think people are starting to realize what they have in the, in the freedoms and liberties that we, that we did have. Um, and I think people are, you know, I think the, 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 ma the newest mandates with, uh, with mandatory shots and stuff like that are bringing the fight to a lot of people's doorsteps. Yes. Um, you know, and, and that's not a good thing, but it is, you know, mm -hmm. in the beginning it was, it was small businesses who were being impacted and, and, um, not, not to discredit anybody who wasn't a small business owner, but the best that they, that people could do was support. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they, they weren't in the arena. They, they didn't have a dog in the fight. They were, they were awesome in their capacity to support. But at the end of the day, the fight wasn't on their doorstep. And now mm -hmm. with this newest encroachment of medical tyranny that we're seeing, everybody's got something to lose now. And as scary as that is, and I don't wish that upon anybody, I think that might be one of the best things to happen to us because it's starting to unite people um, who were once divided. You know, I brought this yes. up the other day. Um, you're seeing you're seeing people start to drop the labels a little bit and think outside the box, you know, and in two cases I can think of, uh, you have like the thin blue line crowd, you know, the people that you're right leaning conservative crowd that always supports police. And, you know, they're starting to realize like, Hey, maybe we can't trust these people. And they're, they're, they're sort of, you know, with, with, with what's going on in Australia, People are starting to become skeptical and drop this idea that like you have to support cops no matter what. Yes. Uh, and at the same time, you have an organization like BLM mm -hmm. uh, in New York City. You know, the New York City chapter uh, or or branch of the organization is bucking the uh, the national organization where the the guy who leads it um, is saying like, "Yo, where are you guys at on this issue? You know, where are you yep. at with these with these mandatory vaccine issues? This yep. is a black issue." Yep. Um, and, and this is a guy who's involved in an organization, you know, whatever you want to say about BLM, but mm -hmm. he's probably got a good heart and he probably really does care about his community. Um, and now they're out there flipping the script, uh, protesting, you know, alongside of the, 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 the crazy <laughs> right wing anti-vaxxers. <laughs> and that's a, I mean, that is a beautiful thing. That is, yeah. that is a beautiful thing because people are starting to drop the labels, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that they've clung to for so long where you have people who, you know, and they probably still disagree on a lot of issues and that's oh, totally fine, but they're, they're uniting in the idea that the power lies in the people and that, you know, like we talked about earlier, we need to stop butting heads with each other and start looking at where the, where the issues come from, mm -hmm. you know, and politicians have done that for years. Um, you know, they, they've turned stuff like race is a perfect example. You know, they've turned black issues into white fault. And it's not white people's fault that black people struggle. It's politicians and policies in cities that are mm -hmm. keeping black people down. It's not it's not the average you know white guy. So it's always been that divide and conquer mentality. Yeah. Um, and now I think it's just a, a perfect time where people are really starting to see it. And if they continue to, um, I, I see it going somewhere where we we end up with a, with a big W at the end of this. No doubt, man. We will win. Good has to. Absolutely. Good has to beat evil. Always, man. Ian, it's been uh, so good to talk to you on this show, man. I, I love what you're doing. Massively respect it. Um, I love it. I love the updates. I love the posts. I love the stories. I love the way you're fighting with your business. And um, man, God bless you. I think you've inspired a ton of people. And I hope people can take something positive from this. Awesome. Thank you very much awesome. for having me on. 100%, man. Uh, before we go, where can people find you online? Uh, online, I am loudest on Instagram, but my, uh, my handle is the same. It's Ian Smith Fitness, all one word. I'm on Twitter as well. 
the website for the gym is theattilisgym.com, and Attilis is spelled A-T-I-L-I-S.com. Um, that has all of our, uh, our updates about what's going on, our legal proceedings, stuff like that. There's information about the gym. If people ever want to come visit, we're always open to the public. We love when people stop by. If you want to support, grab a T-shirt, stuff, stuff like that. All that information is right on the website. Nice one. Ian Smith, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks a lot, man. Have a good night. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang. Click and a bang. Y'all gonna remember the name. Y'all gonna remember the name. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.